I'm Michael R. Bowie, and this is Fresh Green Blessings, reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fresh Green Blessings. And I'm Michael R. Malley. And I'm Ollie Wren Erickson Malley. And today we'll actually have two readings. We'll have a reading from Joel chapter 3 and from Isaiah chapter 2. Ollie will do those readings for us in a moment. And then I'll read a reflection, give a short Dharma talk on that, and then Ollie will have a, um, some closing words on uh, suggestions and further questions. Um, and as per always, we have the Tibetan singing bowl, the sound of the bell is an invitation to presence, just as fresh green blessings is an invitation to read the Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes. Enjoy the bell. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4 He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling say, I am a warrior. Many people who regard the Bible as sacred focus on the overall meaning of the entire Bible. They want everything to fit a set of ethical or moral norms or to fit within a specific creed or a particular theology. Such is the work of a contortionist. If we are to fit every line of the Bible into a single theological framework, we must twist and bend the text. Like the effort of creating a tightly twisted coil, such work requires great force and endurance. The text is likely to spring back in defiance if the contortionist relaxes. Those who mock the sacrality of the Bible claim victory every time the biblical text recoils. Look at the inconsistencies. Do you claim that that misogynistic story of rape and violence is a spiritual teaching? How can you call this book sacred? Can every line fit a specific creedal view? Is every line sacred? 
Is any line sacred? What is possible beyond binary thinking? Relational dialectics allows for the tensions of contradictions in interpersonal relationships. For example, a healthy couple may value both predictability and novelty in their relationship. We all dwell with contradictions and within contradictions. We may celebrate, enjoy, regret, or be confused by the contradictions we see in ourselves and our loved ones. Within Buddhism, koans, such as the famous, what is the sound of one hand clapping, embrace and value contradiction, as do Buddhist sacred texts such as the Diamond Sutra. In Buddhist sutras and koans, such tensions are intentional and instructional. Within the Judeo-Christian Bible, with its many books and countless authors, the tension of contradictions may be far less intentional, but it is no less instructive. When I was in seminary, there were, of course, a lot of different views and perspectives, differing, understanding, differing understandings of spirituality or theology of God or the sacred. But in my experience, Almost everyone that I interacted with, my fellow colleagues in seminary, they were, they were sincere. They were caring people. They had love in their hearts. And they were trying to wrestle and get to truth and get to understanding on things that are much, much bigger than any of us. And in one of my classes, I once said to my classmates, maybe about 20 of them in the room, I said, what if we, those of us gathered here, got together and decided to write a book about the sacred, about God, about that which cannot be named. What if we decided that we would write this book? And what if we had Let's say one rule. The one rule is you can't delete what someone else wrote. 
You can add to it. You could put in more here or there, but you cannot take away. If we did that and then put that all together in one book, that, knowing those 20 people, that would be a really confusing book. <laughs> there would be some strong contradictions. Wait, and this point they're saying this, and then at this point it says that. Even as we were all working and trying to the best of our knowledge, to the best of our ability, trying to open our spirits, open our souls, open our hearts, so that whatever is holy and sacred could flow through us, through our pens and pencils, and onto the paper. It would be a sincere book. Now, would you call it sacred? I might. And we might invite ourselves, any of us who might be one of those 20 authors in this hypothetical story, we might invite ourselves to say, <clears throat> is this book with not just my perspective, but with all of these perspectives, as we all grasp and grapple and wrestle with that which is sacred, that which is worthy, that which is holy. Is this book richer? Because it has this breadth of voices. In the Buddhist tradition, they say that the next Buddha to come may be Maitreya. I think I have that name right. And Thich Nhat Hanh says, this Buddha may not be one individual, one person. This may be the Buddha as community. And in these times, and in all times, can we open ourselves to the blessing of divergent and contradictory perspectives? Can we open ourselves to what may be sacred in differing views? Now, this does not imply that we should not stand solid and strong in our beliefs. This does not mean that we should not 
do our best to articulate what is worthy, what is kindness, what is compassion, what brings good. But can we, with simultaneity, try to open a bit wider and beware that our perspective is not the only one. One Tibetan teacher said, really all spiritual work can be reduced to this, the destruction of the ego. So can we as readers Not just swallow hook, line, and sinker whatever is said in the Bible or anywhere else, but engage with it. Sometimes push against, but sometimes allow for the contradictions. Sometimes allow for the tension and see what growth comes from it. And allow for that variety. Sometimes called a question. There should be another voice here that's not heard. What might it sound like? And proceed as we attempt to water beneficial seeds and understand the richness and vastness of all that is. and try to beware of ego and add to the good. Beat your swords into plowshares. Beat your plowshares into swords. What do we do with diametrically opposed views that claim truth or sacrality? How do we handle contradictions within the Bible? Do these biblical contradictions serve to teach us anything about greater contradictions in our present lives or current culture? How do we resolve the tensions when one line of line of the Bible touches our soul and nourishes our spirit while a line in the next paragraph revolts us. And if we do not resolve it, how do we sit with it? Can we learn by listening to how others sit with the same text? What about the unheard voices that might respond to disturbing biblical texts? Can we generate such voices? What value does that hold? What do you do when the text supports your theology and refutes a contradictory theological view? And what do you do when the text confronts or opposes your own perspective? Is there spiritual value in this process of wrestling with the tensions of biblical text and or sitting with the tensions?
What makes any text, biblical or otherwise, sacred? I'm Michael Armalley, and you've been listening to Fresh Green Blessings, where we've been reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother of Eyes.